homes. So bring us your next home project and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com to get started. If you want to pay off high interest debt faster, it's time to refinance with American Financing, America's home for home loans. Get a free mortgage review and learn about custom loans that can save you up to $1,000 a month. If you start soon, you may close in as fast as 10 days. Call 866-886-2026. That's 866-886-2026. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, NMLS in the zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, changing your oil. You know, an oil change is a great way to get more MPGs. Right now, you can enter for a daily chance to win a $200 AutoZone gift card when you buy five quarts of Mobile One Full Synthetic and an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $38.99. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. No purchase required. Your exclusive home of Championship Week, ESPN Wichita 92.3. ESPN Wichita is bringing you a full week of college basketball action leading up to March Madness. We'll have exclusive live play-by-play of the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, plus the ACC and Big 10 tournament championship games. And it all leads to our Selection Sunday special to kick off March Madness right here on your home for college basketball, ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. All right. Our number two. Shane Dunn's show. Shane and Jack with you for another 50 minutes or so. And then we'll hand you off to the Pulse. Pat Strothman. Tomorrow will be from Kansas City. Power and Light. Talking Big 12 tournament in the next couple of days starting on Thursday's show. Yesterday at about this time, eight-seeded Wichita State down in the American Women's Tournament in Fort Worth recorded the biggest upset in AAC championship history by upsetting top seed Florida State, uh, South Florida rather, 65-53. So Wichita State advances to the semifinals for the first time in school history. They led wire to wire, and it was only the second. It's only the second appearance in the quarterfinals, and the number one seed had been twenty-seven and zero all time in the AAC entering yesterday's matchup. WSU will face either Houston or SMU for a spot in the championship game. Jana Sinde scored a game-high 20 points on 6 of 11. She had 20 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, Curticia Dean had 14. Sham Duncan, 9. DJ McCarty at 8. Wichita State held USF to 32% from the floor. And only four made threes the whole game. Meanwhile, uh, Wichita State made six of 13 from long range. Been kind of their Achilles heel for a while now, but knocked down nearly half of those. And nearly half their shots overall, 47%. Started the game seven out of eight, built a 14-4 to lead. And, again, never trailed. They led by as many as 15 and a half. Led by 12 at the break. And about the only adversity they faced was when the Bulls cut the deficit to two. 35-33, an 11-0 run. But then Dean hit a three-pointer to put the lead back to five with 441 left to go in the third. And Dean would score nine points in a row for Wichita State to extend the lead back to nine with less than two minutes to go in the third. So um, they also built their lead back up to 15 in the final five minutes of the game, never led by fewer than 11 down the stretch. But the most important thing was they made history, and they won and beat USF, knocking off the one-seed USF Bulls. So congratulations to Shocker women. They'll play later on this afternoon 
and with a chance to go to the finals. Meanwhile, in Big 12 action, as I mentioned, coming up tonight, got a couple of games in the Big 12 tournament. It's Bedlam, Kansas City style, OU and Oklahoma State, West Virginia and Texas Tech as well. Um, Craig Porter Jr., Wichita State's do-everything guard, was named to the American Athletic Conference's third team, averaged 13.5 points in regular season, uh, ranked in the top 10 in almost every other category, blocks, assists, steals, 12th in rebounds, became the seventh different shocker to earn all-league status in the American era, and the third point guard joining Altariq Gilbert and Landry Shamet. Shamet was on the first team. Gilbert was on the third. Shockers, a sixth seed, taking on Tulsa tomorrow night at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth. Opening round game at six. If the Shockers win that one, they'll face Tulane Friday in the quarters at eight. Both those on ESPNU. Player of the year was Marcus Sasser. Coach of the year, Kelvin Sampson. No surprise, really, on either one of those. And really no surprise that Jamal Shedd was defensive player of the year. Freshman of the year, Jarris Walker, all of them from Houston. Most improved player, Jawan Roberts, also from Houston. Sixth man of the year, Houston's Reggie Chaney. I sense a theme. I hear Houston must be pretty good. All right. Um, also, uh, Jerome Tang was named AP Coach of the Year, K-State head coach uh, in the Big 12, Big 12 Coach of the Year, I should say. Also, Keontae Johnson, uh, Marquise Noel on the AP All-Big 12 teams announced on Tuesday. Johnson and KU's Jalen Wilson were both unanimous first-team selections. Noel, Adam Flagler from Baylor, Marcus Carr from Texas rounded out the first team. Grady Dick and Kevin McCuller highlighted the second team, along with Damian Ball, Mike Miles Jr. from TCU, and Baylor's Keontae George. Earlier in the day, Tang was named a finalist for several National Coach of the Year honors, including the Ben Job Award, which is the top minority Division I coach, the Joe B. Hall Award, top first-year head coach, and the Jim Phelan Award. Became, became the second of uh, the seventh, sorry, head coach in school history to earn coach of the year honors, including the third in the Big 12 era, joined Frank Martin and Bruce Weber. He joined Weber as the only coaches to be chosen in their first seasons. After being picked to finish 10th in the preseason, which is two returning players, Tang guided the Wildcats 23 wins so far this season, a tie for third, 11 and 7 record in the nation's toughest conference. His 23-8 and record currently ties Missouri's uh, Dennis Gates, Xavier's Sean Miller, and Duke's John Shire for the best mark as a first-year coach in a season this season. So congratulations to Jerome Tang as his uh, attaboys keep coming in. Speaking of K-State, we will hear from Chris Kleiman now as – he faced the media holding the, his initial spring football press conference, uh, met with members of the media on Tuesday inside the complex as the Wildcats began spring practices on Tuesday morning. Uh, so we will hear now from Chris Kleiman uh, on the initial spring football press conference in Manhattan. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I know everybody's ready to head to Kansas City for Big 12 men's and women's. Uh, started spring practice today. Uh, our first uh, true practice in the combination indoor-outdoor. So it was tons of field space, uh, so much better um, to be able to open up the garage doors and have uh, uh, the defense was outside most of the morning, offense stayed inside, and then we were able to split some team reps up and use both fields and got a lot of stuff done, good energy out there. I think we have a little over 80 guys practicing right now this spring through all the off-season um, surgeries and some other injuries, so we're we're down a little bit at numbers. 
the two positions that we're probably hurt the most on is tight end and defensive end. So we won't be in the, the double reps like we typically do. Our double reps in the spring become team on one end and seven on seven on the opposite end because we do have some DBs and wide receivers. So guys had great energy today. That's exciting. It was a quick off season. The guys are excited to be back out there, and we've got a lot of work to do. We have a lot of guys returning, but uh, obviously we lost a number of talented players, so it's going to be a, a great evaluation for a lot of young players and new players. Considering the other options that he kind of had this off season, what was the process like to keep Colin Klein as your offense coordinator? Um, you know, everybody, when you have success, gets opportunities. And uh, we had a number of guys have opportunities. And, and I think at the time in his life for, for CK, um, we talked. We have unfinished business here. And um, uh, what a great uh, uh, opportunity he had to go and interview. And um, I know he and I got a chance to visit. He visited with some other people. And it was, uh, I think, the right thing for him to stay at K-State right now. We talked about a lot of the people we have returning as well as um, new players coming in. And uh, we've got some unfinished business. Being year two for him as the play caller this spring, is it almost easier to implement some of the wrinkles and everything that he wants to be a part of the offense? Yeah, you, you combine that with the amount of guys we have returning, especially when you think about a, a quarterback that's returning that uh, knows our offense inside and out and the amount of offensive linemen we have. I think there's a real comfort level uh, with CK to be able to throw a lot of things at Will Howard and, and be able to um, know that Will can make a lot of things right um, just playing as much football as he has. But, uh, no, I think we're way further ahead on, on offense than we are on defense just with the amount of guys we have returning. I know it's only been one practice, but just the off season in general, what are the first impressions of Trayshawn Ward? Um, well, he's one of the guys that's out. So uh, only thing he can do is individual right now. We're hopeful that he'll be able to do some more things probably after spring break or later on in, in March. Um, but uh, he's just doing individual right now. What went into your decision to have the two workout practices before spring break, send them off, and then bring them back in for the rest? Have done it ever since I've been here. Um, part of that is you have to get two of them out of the way in helmets and, and shorts. And the way the calendar lays, you always want to try to be done around April 15th to head out on the road. And so the last couple of years for us, it's been uh, hit the two practices before spring break, come back, and you have four weeks to really get in your 13 practices, which finishes up uh, so our guys can uh, head out on the road and start recruiting. What position groups maybe are you looking that need the most shoring up here in this offseason? Um well, obviously the running back spot, uh, DJ's not participating. He had uh, surgery, and Treshawn's just doing individual. So uh, getting a lot of looks at uh, Anthony uh, Frias and, and uh, LeJames White and Shippers and Evan Cantu. There's a bunch of guys there that, that are going to get a lot of reps. And then um, the safety spot. You know, we lost a lot of guys that played a lot of football for us, and, and Kobe's not cleared yet to practice. So um, a number of new bodies there at safety and – um, so those are probably the main two positions. Would you still consider going into the portal for anyone left over later on? You know, it, it's interesting. Um, we're pretty maxed out right now, um, but you just never know what's going to happen at the end of spring ball. There's one more window. We're, we're hoping we don't lose anybody, um, but um, that's the, uh, the thing about college athletics right now. You're always um, aware of it, and, and so there's a potential. Even though he's out, what is it that uh, drew you to Treshawn Ward during the recruiting process? A um, couple things. Know some people at, at Florida State that spoke really highly of him. Uh, he was a guy that uh, we were able to get out and see. Uh, Coach Anderson was able to get out and see him in, in January. I was able to get out and see him in January, so I got around um, some family. Um, you, know, you watch him on, on film, and uh, Florida State played a number of running backs, but uh, when he was healthy, he was the, the main guy. And I know he had a terrific game uh, against uh, Oklahoma in a bowl game, and uh, um, just acceleration, the ability to run through arm tackles, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I thought he was an every down back. Uh, that um, gives us uh, more and more options and depth that we have with uh, uh, DJ and some of the other younger guys we talked about. Kind of same question for Keegan Johnson from Iowa. Um, 
Yeah, well, Keegan, we were obviously more familiar with because it was us in Iowa all the way down to the to the end, uh, and he and he chose um, Iowa. And then uh, when he went into the portal, he reached out to us, which is you know uh, a lot of times it's it's the it's the inverse of that. But he reached out to us and was very interested in what we were doing here. It's not far from home. Um, I think he's uh, tr- has tremendous versatility as being either an X, a Z, or an F for us in our offense. Um, you know, just watching him in winter condition, he's a very smooth, fluid athlete. He really can run. Um, watching him today, uh, in and out of breaks, catching the football in one day, um, uh, you can tell he's uh, a very seasoned kid for a, for a wide receiver. We're excited about him. I also wanted to ask about Matthew Middleton. What made you uh, want to hire him as your new receivers guy? Um, you know, he had spent some time with Coach Riley at uh, Nebraska-Omaha uh, years ago, and uh, he was uh, familiar you know, I was very familiar with him because he was at South Dakota in the Missouri Valley. Um, a number of coaches uh, that we had visited with uh, spoke really highly of, of Matthew and, and his ability to teach, his ability to build relationships, his ability to recruit. Uh, interviewed uh, a handful of guys, Colin did, brought a couple of guys in um, and just thought it was the right fit. Um, and watching him out the first practice, he's got great energy. Um, uh, he does a really good job of connecting with with the players, and so I'm excited to, uh, we were able to add Matthew. Is there additional flexibility in the usage of Khalid Duke in the upcoming season? Yeah, um, you know he's had the ability to play two positions for us in this new defense that we're running of defensive end and and a little bit of linebacker. Um, as of now, we probably see him as a defensive end, um, but it's really hard for us this spring because we're down so many guys that um, we probably will have a, another package or another plan for uh, for Duke as far as is he going to just be a fourth rush or something and come from a linebacker spot? Is he going to stay as a stand-up guy? Can we can we move him around? I think we got to be really creative with Khalid because he has the ability to drop and he's shown that so well uh, that we don't want to just be, hey, you're a left end or right end or you're a Sam backer. Um, I, I think um, Duke's versatility is something that's really going to uh, help our defense because of the multitude of things he can do. From a leadership perspective, is there additional comfort that you've got your quarterback back and uh, kind of a defensive leader in Daniel Green? Yeah, uh, two things on the offensive side. Obviously, having Will back is so important because, you know, he just – when he comes in the room, I mean, everybody knows that, that, um, you know, he kind of lights up the room and is is one of the guys in charge. Um, But I also think having all those offensive linemen back really helps Will Howard and it helps all of us. There's nothing more fun than coming into a meeting here and running into those four old guys, and then you throw Beebs, who's who's obviously getting older as well. But those guys, um, you know, from Gilly and and Duff and and KT, um, to be able to get those guys back from a leadership standpoint has been is going to be really helpful for the amount of young offensive linemen that we have returning, uh, and then. Daniel Green and Austin Moore. I think you, you partner those two up from a leadership standpoint. Um, we're really lucky to have uh, two inside linebackers that have played as much football as those two guys have and, and um, have the respect of the team and coaches by how they conduct themselves, how they play, how they practice, how they prepare. Tracking the progress from an injury standpoint to Taylor Poitier yeah, as well he's, as Kobe uh, Savage. Yeah, um, Taylor's probably a little bit further ahead than Kobe just in, in, in when that happened. Taylor's been cleared for individual but for non-contact. So uh, it's just getting TP up to speed. Uh, he's further along than he was last year. And he's used to it, uh, so he understands what the road ahead of him. But uh, we're excited to have TP back. And I think he'll be able to do more things as the spring goes along. As far as Kobe, um, he's straight line running right now and is able to get up to full speed. He won't do any contact. I think by the end of end of spring, he'll be in a lot more change of direction, um, agility drills. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited because Kobe will be full go once we get back from you know our May break, uh, and he's another guy with tremendous leadership skills. You lost your top. Two. All right, there's uh, Chris Kleiman yesterday, uh, Tuesday, yesterday. Yeah, uh, spoke to the media after the uh, spring practice just concluded. So a little bit of a, 
An injury update there with the Wildcats. Talked a little bit about Colin Klein as well, coming back as the OC. Uh, Chris Kleiman, head coach at K-State. One twenty-three. when we come back. What a moment. Wham, what we call it. That is next on Wednesday, Shane Dennis Show. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022, Case IH equipment from Candy Quip. Choose from Case IH Cedars, tillage tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit Candy Quip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. Did you know a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds? This Fire Prevention Month First Alert is reminding you to be prepared by installing smoke and carbon monoxide alarms on every level and in each bedroom of your home. Don't forget to add First Alert fire extinguishers on every level plus in common spaces like the kitchen and know how to use them. Protect your whole home with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores today. Message of data rates may apply. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just text APPLY NOW to 88909 right now to get started. That's APPLY NOW to 88909. Auto financing the easy way. Text APPLY NOW to 88909. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the Wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Thursday, Kansas State faces TCU in the Big 12 tournament. Hear the tip-off at 8.30 right here on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Episode 437 rolls along. Shane and Jack with you for the next 30 minutes or so. Coming up here in just a little bit, I'm old Jack Young, March 8th edition. But right now, we want to play a little game like we do most Wednesdays at this time. It's called What a Moment. Jack picks out some historic sports audio from yesteryear. We listen to it. I try to identify it, and we talk a little bit about what we remember about said athletic event if anything so jack without further ado fire away so i can point you in the right direction all five of these in honor of the wbc are baseball clips oh okay so this first one is of course from major league baseball and the majority of these in fact all of these pieces of audio are postseason mlb highlights so here right. is number one bases loaded Two out. Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game. Big puppy. 
I was going to say, somebody had a Grand Slam. Is that against the Yankees? Not the Yankees, but there is something symbolic about this Grand Slam. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Go on. This was Game 2 of the 2013 American League Championship Series against the Detroit Tigers. David Ortiz off of Joaquin Benoit when Torrey Hunter flipped into the bullpen. Ah. And the security guard didn't help him. Just basically just raised his hands. Yes. Didn't care. Yes. Raised his hands and. Didn't care that Torrey Hunter died or whoever that was. Who was it? Uh, it was Torrey Hunter, yep. Torrey Hunter, yeah. Torrey yeah. Hunter flipped over the, the short <laughs> wall in right field and the security guard. I mean, I would criticize him, but I kind of would have done the same thing. Right. Exactly. It was 5-1, to one, by the way. Detroit was up 5-1 and 1-0 in the series. They were about to go up 2-0 with those first two games at Fenway. And David Ortiz at the Grand Slam, they came back to win that game and also won in six. Later on in that series, if you can remember, Shane Victorino had another Grand Slam in the eighth inning. I think off Max oh, wow. Scherzer when they left him in too long. And they went on to win and, of course, go and play St. Louis in 2013 and win that World Series uh, for the first time at Fenway Park in 95 years. The flying Hawaiian, Shane Victorino. How about that? I haven't heard that name in a while. All right. Here Look. is audio clip number two just one year later, so the 2014 postseason, which some people locally will consider to be very very intriguing postseason. Here is audio clip number two. And everybody knows he's ready to fire on the first one. Bases loaded. Young swings, line drive, and he's down and to the wall. Cruz is in. Pierce is in. Party around third. He's going to try to score. And safe. The Orioles have the lead. The Orioles have the lead? Is that what he just said? He did. Wow. Brian Anderson's good, by the way. He is that was really. A, that was he a, nailed that call. He really did, yes. I, that's what I took away from that. Um, wow, who, who hit that? Who did that? Delman Young. Delman Young. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm throwing a bit of a pity party here for the Detroit Tigers because that was off Detroit as well. Oh, man. 2014 ALDS Game 2, Baltimore up 1-0 at Camden Yards, and we're trailing 6-4, to and once again, the bottom of the eighth. Bonus question for you here, Shane. Who is pitching for the Tigers? He is also a former Royal. Facing Delman, he's the one that gave up the Delman Young thing? Yep, a bases-clearing double to put the Orioles up 7-6 in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Soria didn't pitch for the Tigers ever, did he? He did. It was Joaquin Soria. Was it really? Hung a first-pitch curveball, and Delman Young crushed it into the corner in left field. I hated that Tigers team, too. That was the Tigers team the Royals were chasing for about five years. Uh, They still were loaded with Miggy. They had just, I think it was the first or second year after Prince Fielder. In fact, Fielder, I think, went to Texas in in 15. Maybe they still had Prince Fielder on that team. I think they did. So they had Prince Fielder at first, Miggy at third. Uh, Johnny Peralta, I want to still say it's short. They had J.D. Martinez in left. Mm-hmm. Austin Jackson in center. Um, Nick Castellanos, I think, was on that team. He was a right fielder maybe at the time. That was back when... Uh... Miguel Cabrera still had a glove. Oh, uh, you can, I mean, had a glove, yes. He physically had a glove. Yeah. But a completely uh, power-filled corner infield spot with Prince and Miggy. Remember what he used to look like when he was with the Marlins? Oh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's it's crazy. I get it. When you're in the big leagues at 19 or 20, you're going to grow up on a big league diamond, literally and figuratively. But, man, he looked like such a little boy. Remember that uh, that uh, meeting against Roger Clemens? Yes, he threw it, threw it up and in and didn't back yeah. down. Tried to intimidate him? Yeah, that was so awesome. I was never a big Miggy fan, but I was then. That was, that was pretty great. Since I've been hammering the Tigers so much, how about we go with audio <laughs> clip number three to praise the Tigers here, even though it pains my Royals heart to do so. Here is audio right. clip number three from 2006. Against Houston Street. Was that against Oakland? It was. 
And would that have been – oh, man. I think uh, Wichita's own Nate Robertson was on that pitching staff. Who did the Tigers play in the World Series? The Cardinals, right? In 2006. Uh, yeah, mm. wouldn't, would it have been St. Louis? Because the White Sox won in 2005. They beat was, Houston. It was kind of a weird World Series era for me. Um, I was St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. So okay. St. Louis and Detroit, the Cardinals won 4-1. to one. Okay. That Cardinals team won 83 games in the regular season. Wow. Tigers won 95. Wow. Audio clip number three. Oh, no. Hopefully I don't. Oh, okay. Give me, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. Here we can stall. I got to get to the right spot here. I had this it all is... paused up perfectly, and then it, <laughs> it took me back to the beginning of the video, a 12-minute video, and, of course, I'm not playing that. So I got it this here. called What a Moment here on ESPN Wichita on 82.3. It's 134. <laughs> okay, I got it. Don't worry. Oh, okay. I can always okay. pivot very well. Here okay. is audio clip number four from 2004. Rarely hits the ball to the right side. Well, I couldn't tell you who did that. It was uh, Bob Brindley and somebody else. But uh, what happened there? What was that? Well, we actually mentioned his name yesterday. That was Jeff Kent's walk-off three-run ah. home run in Game 5 of the 2004 NLCS. They then went to St. Louis with Houston up. I think Houston also led at one point, uh, maybe 2-0 in that series. They blew it because then Jim Edmonds had a walk-off home run in St. Louis in Game 6 yeah. to force Game 7. And the Cardinals won Game 7 as so, well. So, Jeff Kent played for the Astros for a minute, too. He did. He we did. all forgot about that. I mean, I, and I say all, but uh, meaning me, forgot about the, you know, it was a Giants-Mets pretty much only thing in my mind's eye, but I'll be damned. Yeah. Had a cup of coffee with the Houston Astros. He did. And lastly, audio clip number five is most recently. It's the most recent audio clip I've cl played for you. American League side in the postseason. Let's see if you can put the pieces together. <laughs> the, the only thing... The only thing I could hear was like a cannon shot of whoever <laughs> hit that ball. And then real faintly, whoever was trying to squeeze in a word over the crowd noise. Let me hear that one more time if you don't mind. Okay, let me get uh, it all queued back up because I'm in another long audio clip here. We'll go with this. can't understand what he said. <laughs> what did he say? He At said Lindor with a Lindor. swing and a drive. Oh, man. Yeah, so you I know what moment it's from? I couldn't uh, make that out. Would that be uh, Frankie Lindor against the Cubs? Against the Yankees. ALDS oh. game two. Cleveland was down 8-1 to one at one point, and he had a grand slam with Cleveland down 8-3 to three to make it 8-7. to seven. Cleveland went on to win that game, and you would have thought, had the momentum to win that, that series, New York won the next three and eliminated wow. Cleveland. God, man, isn't that, the, isn't that baseball, man? There that was also the no Cleveland team that won 22 in a row. That's right. That's right. No such thing as momentum in baseball, everybody. No, nothing whatsoever. All right, is that it? That's all five. All right, it is 1.37. When we come back, we'll play a little I'm Old Jacks Young, March 8th. That's next. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. 
They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022 Case IH equipment from CanEquip. Choose from Case IH cedars, tillage tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CanEquip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. CanEquip, CanEquip, you. March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and due to recent changes in Kansas law, many more residents are participating in sports wagering. But here's an important reminder to keep the fun in the game. If you're into sports betting, only bet with money you can afford to lose. Don't let problematic sports gambling ruin the game for you. If you or someone you love is already experiencing problematic gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER and ask to be referred to a counselor. This message is brought to you by the Kansas Department of Aging and Disability Services and the South Central Problem Gambling Task Force. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Did you know you could be driving in a pile of cash, like right now? Bumper makes it easy to know what your car is worth. The used car market is hot right now. Bumper.com can be your opportunity to make some bank. Bumper.com lets you know what your car is worth based on your car's specific details. So whether you're selling or just want to know, Bumper makes it easy. Know what your car is worth. Just go to Bumper.com. For buying and beyond, Bumper.com. Bumper reports are based upon data available. Bumper may not have the complete historical records of every vehicle. It's championship week, and ESPN Wichita is headed to Kansas City. The Shane Dennis Show and The Pulse with me, Pat Stroutman, will be broadcasting live from the Big 12 Championship Tournament throughout the week. We'll have the latest analysis from games, post-game audio with coaches and players, and much, much more from the T-Mobile Center. Our Big 12 Championship coverage is presented by Enhanced Wellness and Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association. Your home for the Big 12 Championship is ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. She said, I'm going out with my girlfriends. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Marguerite Love this song. Is at the holiday inn. I heard this song this week. Never a bad time when you do. Hello, Jack Young's 141. I'm just letting this run just because it's a good song. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave her jacket in the bathroom stone. Drop the contact down the sink. Yeah, I'm saying. Them pantyholes ain't gone this guy, uh, too long. If the not exactly a bunch of hits, right? No, not many. Like, well, I, he's that guy. If I were to, like, put him in a group, he's that guy you hear a song go, I know this song. I've heard it so many times. I can't say who sings it. Like you can right. picture him, but you don't know his name. It's a very bland name. And the uh, <clears throat> who would you? Uh, I don't think he sounds like any of the mainstream guys. He now. doesn't. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm glad you agree. He kind of, sort of sounds like uh, Brad Paisley, but not. Yes, I can give you that. Ish. Yeah. Joe Nichols. It is. There you go. I, I was, wow. I, I was not going to criticize you or give you crap for not getting it because I would say you would, if you played this song 
and you asked the average Joe and said, you know this song, they'd say, of course, 100%, and they go, can yeah. you tell me who sings it? I think a lot of people could, but not every single person, I think, would get it right off the bat. Like, I'd probably put it in the ballpark of like 60%, 70% would know who sings this. Boy, I don't know. I don't even know if it would have been 60 like 50, more like 50 or maybe a little below. Who's the guy that sings the song that we both like, the uh, Party Barge? Uh, uh, Craig Morgan. See? Same way. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that song, but I'm saying 50-50 at best if you pulled 10 people off the street and said, who sings that song? I think the same would go with Go for Tequila Makes a Clothes Fall Off. Right? Joe Nichols, man. Like, what else did he have? You have one other. He had, uh, yeah, um, where it's like, uh, how does the chorus go? Oh, hold on, let me look at the lyrics real quick because it's gonna get at, it's gonna get at me now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think is his other big hit, and of course they don't have the lyrics on Apple Music. Nah, that's all right. Yeah, we'll all get the. Uh, not a one-hit wonder, but not. No, he's had a couple. It was, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, like I was nodding right along to the song on the radio, yeah. Yeah, okay. girl. How could I say no? Whatever you're drinking, that's what I'm drinking. Girl, you're calling the shots. Oh, uh, yeah. There you yep, go. Okay. Yep, I got it now. All right. It's March the eighth. Then tomorrow, Pat and I will be in KC doing shows up there Thursday and Friday from the Big Twelve tournament, giving you all kind of audio, cool guests. Pat's having an epic show tomorrow from 2 to 6. He'll have a bunch of cool guests as well. I'll have Mitch Lightfoot on. That's the plan. Second segment. A really good podcaster and still a KU fan. No surprise there. Talk to Mitch Lightfoot starting tomorrow up at Power and Light in Kansas City. Uh, March 8 is Dead Day 4. Couple of legends dying in 1999 on this day at the age of 84. Joe DiMaggio, baseball great, Hall of Famer, Yankee, 13-time All-Star, dated Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, married her. Married. Mr. That's right. Mr. Coffee spokesman, 56-game hitting streak guy. Also dying on this day a year earlier. So within two years on the day, Joe DiMaggio passed, and so did Ray Nitschke. Uh, football, right? He was a yes. Steelers? No. You're no. right about football. He was a uh, Green Bay Packer. Uh. Died of a heart attack at the age of 61 on this day. Ooh, Texter astutely pointed out Joe DiMaggio paid for... Marilyn Monroe's funeral. Ah. And I thought I read or heard that maybe not until he died, but for many, many years after her death, he would visit her grave, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that. You think he had any cool stories to tell between that and having a 56-game hitting streak? I would say just a few. Love to have a beer with (laughs) With Joe DiMaggio, if it was ever to be possible in my in another life, I think that would be awesome. You know, people ask you if you could have dinner with anybody alive or dead. Yeah. You know, a bunch of people. DiMaggio up there. Tiger Woods. Heck yeah. Got to be DiMaggio. Uh, birthday. Juan Encarnacion is 47. Baseball, of course. Same day, same year, Heinz Ward is 47. Former Steeler. There's my former Steeler. Is there a bigger thief after his playing days than Heinz Ward when he was on Sunday Night Football? He was on Uh, for like 15 seconds. Yeah. Every show, and then that was it. I think they just knew that he had a he had a presence. He was one. I'm growing up, but I think it's a little bit different for me. One of my best friends. He's from Chicago, but his dad grew up in Pittsburgh, so he was born and raised a Steeler fan, diehard Steeler fan, biggest Steeler fan I know. And I'll never forget, uh, the Chiefs were playing the Steelers the year after the Steelers won the Super Bowl. They won uh, on a game-winning field goal by Suckup. Chris Chambers had a big catch and run 
But earlier in the game, Heinz Ward, which my friend looked through a biased lens, always thought the Ward of the players that they were the most respectable, nicest guys around, and he thought Heinz <laughs> Ward was one of the nicest guys, would never do anything to mock any fan base, and Heinz Ward scores and walks up to uh, the end zone crowd and starts doing the tomahawk chop. And I told him, and this was, I guess I would have been like 10 or 11, I'm like, that dude's mean. I didn't use any curse words because I was young at the time. I was like, that dude's mean. He was mocking Chiefs fans. He goes, no, 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 no. He's super nice. He was doing it out of honor of the Chiefs fans to say, hey, I'll do it with you. And I'm going, are you kidding me? I go, there's no way you can be this biased. And then I brought him up to him like a year ago when we were fresh out of college. He's like, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) You could also still remind him that if you ask any defensive player that played against him, he was one of the dirtiest offensive players when it came to crack back and peel back blocks. Yep. Yeah. Not the the angel saint that my friend thought Heinz Ward and was. It's not the angel saint uh, that his baby face would lead you to believe. Jerk. Heinz Ward. Steve Sarkeesian is 49. Texas football coach and also hates when people tell him when he can run out of the tunnel. Former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, great. Steve Sarkeesian. Where do you go to school? You go to BYU. That would not fit his personality, but... Um, well, it didn't fit Jim McMahon's personality either, but that didn't stop him either. Steve Sarkeesian went to school at BYU. You mm-hmm. are correct. 1995. Jason Elam is 53. Ooh, I, I really know this one. Um, you really should. Yeah, former... Was he a Bronco? Is a kicker? Yes, that's the one. Yep. Very, very good kicker, too. Good fantasy kicker. Good real-life kicker. I guess if they're... Good, yeah, if you're good fantasy, fantasy you're good in real life. They're good in real life, yeah. Uh, Kenny Smith is 58. Yeah, basketball, and currently on TNT, Kenny the Jet Smith. That's that's right, the Jet. Former Rocket great. He competed in, if not won, a slam dunk contest back in the day. Little Kenny Smith, believe it or not. Lance McCullers, 59. Oh. Astros pitcher, famously known here in Kansas City as the guy that neck-chopped the Royals' dugout that then fueled them in the Game 4 comeback and then eliminated the Astros in Game 5, emphatically with a Kendrys Morales three-run bomb who then did the neck-chop at home plate. Great curveball, though. On a technicality, you're wrong. Oh, his dad? dad. (laughs) I've only, yeah, I guess I was Lance McCullers Jr. is who you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Lance McCullers, old man, is 50. You know, where do you stand on the junior, like when they say junior? Because a lot of guys, you know, you'll give them the name, but they go by junior or they don't go by junior. You know, like Luis Robert, I found out last on the broadcast, he's now going by Luis Robert Jr. Junior. But he was not yeah. Luis Robert, so like that's um, where I'm like, you know, like Ken Griffey Jr., always known as Ken Griffey Jr. Because his dad also played alongside well, him. His dad was a good baseball player, so yeah, yeah I get that. And Lance uh, McCullers was as well. Yes. Um, good enough. And you got to draw the line somewhere, don't you? You know? Uh, how good does your old man have to be for you to go by junior? Uh, I think Bobby Witt yeah, qualifies, like, don't you? Well, that's the thing, too. Is like, I think some people call him Bobby Witt Jr., like in full name, but some people just call him Bobby Witt, right? Mm. Like, some people will say Bobby Witt Jr. If you're talking to somebody that doesn't know who he is, then yes, you're probably the junior. But then casually talking with Royals fans, like I say Bobby Witt. Well, see, Bobby Witt was a decent pitcher back in the he day. He was. You know? It just always goes back and forth with me. You know, I feel like a lot of guys will use it for a while, then get rid of it. And then use just drop it. it. Of, yeah. Yeah. That's where I got confused with Lance McCullers. See, and I guess here's where I draw the line. Like, I don't know who Luis Roberts' dad is. And neither yeah. does anybody else, probably. So, if you want to put that on your jersey, okay. But forgive me if I don't call you Luis Robert Jr. Because, sorry, senior. 
Buck Williams, 63. I'm going to go with basketball, right? That's right. Tra- uh, Portland Trailblazer, great. Buck Williams. They had the unfortunate uh, timing, Buck and his brothers, on the Trailblazers, of coming along about the same time that the Lakers Showtime teams were good. Buck Williams played with Drexler and Terry Porter and Jerome Kersey and Kevin Duckworth. They, they were good, but just not quite good enough at the Lakers to deal with. Also, they had the bad boy Pistons to deal with in one of the seasons that the Pistons won their title. They swept the Trailblazers. Jim Rice is 70 today. Try to think of the team here. He's a baseball player, but uh, was he a Red Sox? Yes. Red Sox, great. AL MVP, 1978, eight-time All-Star. Born in South Carolina. Also born on this day, now dead, Dick Allen died in 2020. Dick Allen was also a former baseball player, right? That's right. Seven-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year in 64. Philadelphia Philly great with the AL MVP in 1972. And let's see if we give you one more. Uh, no weddings of note. Oriel Cormier died on this day two years ago at the age of 53. Do you remember Rial Cormier? Oh, man. Big four? Yeah. I'll just go with baseball. Baseball, yeah. Former Cardinal in Philly. Died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 53 two years ago. And dying on this day last year, kind of a trick question, but kind of not. Big four. Johnny Greer. At the age of 74. I'll go football? Yes. Referee, most specifically. Huh? And first African-American referee in NFL history back in 1988. If it wasn't for my Lance McCullers hiccup, I would have shot 100%. Oh, good. I'm glad I pointed it out that you were incorrect because <laughs> he went on this long diatribe about his kid. I did. I'm now embarrassed yeah. by it. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. We will uh, check in from Power and Light tomorrow. And extensively cover the Big 12 tournament Thursday and Friday. So tune us in for that. For Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. Stick around, though. The Pulse is next.